0: Welcome to How to Feel Better with me, Ruth Kudsey. How you feel better is an inside job and we're going to be delving into ways that you can enhance the way that you feel about yourself and lead a happier and more fulfilling life. I'm Ruth Kudsey, a master certified coach, best-selling author and coach trainer and I'm delighted to have you here. So, one of the things that can really stop us feeling good is chronic pain. It's something that I don't know that much about. And I was really delighted to have Narinda on the podcast to talk about, first of all, her experience of chronic pain, and then talking about how she supports people now. And it's such an interesting conversation because we often medicalize. How we're feeling, we're looking for what is the solution? What's the medical reason or purpose for this? But when we're stuck in that medicalized model, we often are stuck in this cycle of fear. And therefore, that is psychologically feeding the way that we're feeling and it can make it worse. So Narinda discusses what was going on for her and also how she now supports clients who are experiencing chronic pain. And to be that support, you can hear, absolutely lights her up. I'm really excited today to have Narinda Sheena on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about chronic pain, because obviously, if you want to feel better... Chronic pain can get in the way. So, Narinda, would you like to share a little bit about what you do and maybe a bit about what brought you to this?
1: Yes, thanks, Ruth. Um, so, I'm a chronic pain coach and I help people to become aware and educate themselves on chronic pain mm. as to where it comes from. Because a lot of people, including myself, go to medical professionals and we get different advices. Um, for me it left me in a state of fear and confusion and frustration Um, and what it does as well with chronic pain it gets you in this fear pain cycle Mm -hmm. that doesn't let loose and you're like where do I turn to next if the Mm -hmm. medical professionals aren't knowing and I'm still in pain what is going on so what I do is I coach clients to just really first of all get an awareness of what's going on in their body Because it's not up to me to say what's right or wrong with them, it's getting the awareness and education and then taking those gradual steps to help them with the tools and strategies, but also with learning about how the pain, the emotional pain is really affecting the chronic pain, because that's Mm -hmm. what we're really looking at, rather than the physical symptoms, we're looking at the psychological part of it. Um, I would say... The main reason why I went into it is because I suffered a severe disc prolapse mm. when I in lockdown. You know, I had my son. I had high anxiety when I was pregnant, second mm. time around. and I had him in the car. And at the time, I didn't think I was I had trauma on the body. He came out perfectly. We were at the hospital car park, but I was really angry at the hospital for what mm. advice they gave me. So I was so fixated with they did so wrong and uh, telling anybody and everybody and nobody really cares about that only I did yeah and and I realized that you know I took steps they made changes actually I wrote a letter but the fact that I was holding this anger and emotional you know baggage with me like I was depressed when I had him I felt really lonely in a dark dark place hadn't been exercising I hadn't been myself. And I lost myself on that path, feeling unfulfilled, thinking I don't want to go back to that job I was in because I'll be rushing around and leading it. It just wasn't fulfilled. So I had all this going on. And then seven months later, just before lockdown, I get a pain in my right ankle. And I'm mm. like, mm, OK. And my husband's like, why do you go to the doctor? Now, I'm not a big fan of doctors unless I have to go. I thought, right, maybe he might have some answers for me. I'm there with my pram in the appointment room. (laughs) And he's like, right, do a few stretches. And he just comes out with casually, you might have a herniated disc. You know, you'd think with a doctor. And I believed him because I trust a medical professional. Mm. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And um, so I went to where I didn't think much of it. And he goes, walk it off or I'll refer you for physiotherapy. So I'm trying to walk it off and it's still the same. It's just a dull ache. That's all it is. But because it was not going away, it kept on knocking on in my brain. But, you know, mm-hmm. on. and then I had physiotherapy. And can you imagine the physiotherapist on Zoom because we are on
0: lockdown? Oh, and- my gosh. <laughs> that's a, that is not a job that can be done very <laughs> effectively, especially the first time you meet on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she's asking me to bend down and touch my toes. And here
0: I am thinking I'm some superwoman going,
1: yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So she recommends some uh, tennis ball exercise along the wall. And basically two days after that, my pain exacerbated. It literally flew. And I was in a panic. I can't touch my toes. I'm like, what's happened to me? What's actually happened? Because the pain is like a nasty pain. And I basically had sciatic nerve pain Mm. that was pressing onto my disc. And so the second time I meet her, I said, look, you know, I can't touch my, and she, her expression was like this, like really deadpan. And she goes, well, there's no surgeons available for surgery. And I went, surgery? What are you on about surgery? So I'm now panicked. My nervous system is really high. And she's like, well, yeah, it's just a small little operation. For them, it means nothing. To me, it was like the biggest thing that happened. And that's when my world was shook because I thought I'm in severe pain and all you're telling me is I might need surgery and just carry on with the exercises.
0: Mm. So
1: that's when I started getting a bit like, what's going on? What's happening to me? And I'm scared. I'm absolutely petrified. Nothing like this has happened in my life. Never suffered back pain. I've never had any problems. So for me, it was like, what have I done to myself? Mm -hmm. Um, so in that self-discovery I started frantically googling healing back pain and I came across Dr Sarnold who's this uh, former physiotherapist in America and he talked about your personality traits of how you have subconscious anger how you're a people pleaser and he he noticed when he used to have people that came into his clinic that it was their stories
0: and mm-hmm. their childhood,
1: or what was going on for them at the time, what stressful triggers, rather yeah. than the physical. So mm-hmm. he he termed it, uh, I mean, it's more or less tension mind-body syndrome. So okay. that's the kind of effect that's happening. So he said you have to marry the two together, that mm-hmm. you have to look at the psychological aspect before you can even look at the physical, especially with chronic pain, where they've been medically cleared of anything else that is severe. And and that was my first light bulb moment where I went, that's me on every page. So I had to learn more, and and then I contacted this woman who really helped me a lot, was Georgie Oldfield, who's a former physiotherapist and she's now the founder of a online recovery program called Serpa. And what she said to me is, Narinda, don't worry. Um, to for you to recover, you need to not do the medical treatment. And I said, what? because my brain if you're not aware of anything else other than the medical system you get fearful definitely and she was like you've got stress induced symptoms and I never knew that that was even a possibility so for me that's when I first gone okay and she goes well why can't you walk I said I can't I can't walk anywhere I'm struggling I need help and it was as Mm -hmm. if my brain was saying to me She may know her stuff, but that's not the route you need to go down. So it was a subconscious I had to convince to try and say, actually, this could be the possibility and hope you need. Mm. And and isn't it funny? And I was grateful for lockdown because in our culture, in the Indian culture, it's all about what's going on with you? What's happened to you? You need to go and see somebody. And I didn't have that much noise around me. I mean, I had my mother-in-law come and stay with me for a week. And my mother... And, you know, my mother was just like, oh my gosh, what has happened to you? I'm on the floor lying down. And she's like, she goes, your mind is elsewhere. Because I kept searching, I kept catastrophizing with the pain I was feeling. And I I sought chiropractic treatment. I had psychotherapy because I thought maybe it's past trauma that I needed. But Mm -hmm. in reality, it wasn't the trauma that needed fixing. It was what was happening that I could detect so Georgie had, uh, with this program, I went on it and took bits from it where I thought, ah, let me give it a try. Because yeah. this is a problem with pain. You want a quick fix. You want an easy solution. Yes. And I was like, ah, there's no quick fix. I need to start looking deeper. So I started uh, doing the things of doing a timeline and figuring out what was happening in my childhood. And along the way, if I could see patterns and started journaling for about 20 minutes a day, like in the daytime. And I started, you know, learning about Nicole Sachs, how she journaled. And I started to notice patterns in my brain and my thought process and started releasing the emotion that I was suppressing. So I started learning a lot more about the, you know, the psychological effects that was happening and I even contacted this medical expert Howard Schubiner in America, and mm. he was—he used to be a back surgeon. I, and I gave him the whole spiel about what happened to me, and he's like, narinda soothe your nervous system."
0: Mm. The only
1: advice he gave me, and I thought, "This is what I've got to do to recover." And so I went on a path of—I cancelled all my medical treatment. Um, I did go for an MRI scan, and the a neurosurgeon did say I need surgery nothing else Mm. need surgery I had the scan and Georgie bless her she goes I don't need your imaging she goes I know what they're going to say she goes you do realize two MRI scans can give the same imaging one person feels the pain one doesn't doesn't mean anything's wrong with your structure of your back I accepted and that's when I started to put uh, plans into place to recover
0: there's so much there but it sounds like Pain is a lot more complex than we think. So there might be no medical reason, but that doesn't discount that feeling that you're having.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I realized. Like I had a lot of high anxiety mm. and I was fearful. I'm going to damage my body, but how could I have damaged it when I got out of bed? And that's what, cause the brain it, like, it's like, the brain needs logic. It needs a mm. connection to say that's why it's happened. Now there was one thought process in my mind when I was in the car when I w- we were going to the hospital when my husband was driving and he braked at the roundabout. And I thought maybe that shifted it up. Uh, so
0: something You're like the- you're always <laughs> looking for that bit of, well, maybe it was that or maybe it was that. Yeah, because we, we want we want it to be this is the reason, especially if we're quite logical minded, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like this is why this is happening. And then we can find a solution because that's how it works. I- and,
1: and and that was the whole thing, like, um, I, and I was desperate. I was on these private Facebook groups I joined, and I said, and I was searching, how long have they recovered from? How long did they recover from? I was wanting to have, like, oh, is there a time limit? Because one thing you've got to accept is, and it's same in anything, it's your journey, because no mm-hmm. one knows your emotions. No one knows how you've grown up or what environment you've mm-hmm. been in to really mm-hmm. know how did they know? Like I come across as confident, but nobody knows I suffer anxiety or I suffer from being really sensitive, but they will go, oh not you. So mm-hmm. these are the kind of things that we've got to be more open about speaking about. And being self-compassionate, I was really hard on myself as Narinda. why are you recovering or what's going on here? And it was yeah. really when I read one of these books, or so one of the authors, Stephen Ozenich, he, re- he wrote The Great Pain Deception. And I emailed him because I was desperate. I emailed everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he goes, I said, it's lockdown and the gyms aren't open. And he goes, that's good. You just need to be. He goes, if thousands have recovered, what makes you any different? Mm. And that really got me thinking of maybe I need to just relax. So I started doing meditations once for chronic pain like yoga nidra but i also did dr joe dispenza which i think he's fantastic anyway in the mornings i used to do a, a 20 minute um session and i thought i've got to get myself in a position where i've i'm releasing emotions but i'm also looking after myself first yeah. so i started becoming selfish i started and i and i got myself a coach from la being a coach i knew how coaching had helped me in the past and i thought who would think a coach would be the solution to a chronic pain problem?
0: Yeah, who would? And, who would? And how, is, how is a coach the solution to a chronic pain problem? For me, I, I mean, I needed that
1: someone who was non-judgmental, who was compassionate mm. and listen. But I think more than that, that, the woman I chose, Jeannie Colwyn, was she'd suffered uh, from cr- uh, chronic pain as well for mm. years longer than me yeah and that's what when I spoke to her, I thought this is the right one she's going to champion me and help me on that journey and she really did in that a month before I started putting the wheels into place by tracking my steps I had a, my friend coach in Italy she gave me a session about low self-esteem and how I can just start becoming myself again and then with Jeannie she really you know, put into play about our gratitude, about uh, all the things we need to start doing about our breathing, because she does a lot of breath work as well.
0: Mm. So
1: I started recognizing and I started writing things down. And after the the, the strange thing is, when I had my um, consultation with the neurosurgeon, I couldn't walk longer than five minutes without sitting on a pavement or Yet yeah, Walking very far was something I couldn't do all in one go. Neither could I stand up very long. And as soon as I had that consultation, no word of a lie, two days later, I walked longer without stopping. And it was like the brain needed a diagnosis to say. And I had heard that. I had heard it specifically. And I went, That's not true until it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so it, it felt like I needed so much reassurance. I needed so much evidence to really confirm it. I used to write affirmations down and I used to go, I am healing and I feel wonderful. I didn't believe it because I wasn't there then. Yeah. But it was getting myself in the future state, start visualizing that future state. And I kept with it. I was consistent because I thought I'm determined. What is my why? And I was looking at my why as to, you know, my family, but it's more so about myself because I felt like I lost me and yeah. I had to re find me. So I started doing that. And after I had the coaching sessions, I just carried on doing what I did. And that I was so in the process of having fun and finding myself that someone asked me once, when did you recover? And I had to look up my phone to really know the date when I saw I was doing a lot more and I was like, There it is in black and white. You know, you don't realize how much you've got inside of yourself, the inner strength, because you think an external fix is supposed to help you. But I found I was the fix for myself, which is why when I coach people now, it's amazing that I can do that. I mean, I did an in-person workshop uh, about a month or two ago. And I've never done that before. And I thought in my community, let's see if we can do something to help somebody. Mm. And this one lady who sat there, she goes, that's me. What you've just spoken about, that's me. And I'm coaching her right now. And she goes, "Mirinda, my life is changing. And that hit home that I thought, oh my gosh, really? And that's what wakes me up out of bed. I thought, if I can make that difference, that human difference to someone's life, then that's that to me. I mean, what more could you want? Because it debilitates you chronic pain, people don't understand. It's something not everyone wants to share. They're ashamed. Mm. They, they they don't want everybody to know because I could tell you till the cows come home how much I'm hurting, but because it's invisible, you can't see it. Yeah. So you, you can't see what's going on.
0: And I think that's compounded as well by this fact that okay, so it could be. there's a psychological element and I do think that people still discount oh well that's how you feel like they don't they don't put as much um emphasis on psychological as they do physical so if you had a broken leg they'd be like oh you've got a broken leg we can see it it's physical there you go but you're telling me that you're in lots of pain and that's how you feel and maybe like you know it's getting worse because you're anxious and all of this But that's how you feel, you know. I can't see the physical thing, and I think that we treat it differently, don't we?
1: Completely. I think the biggest thing for me is in
0: lockdown. I became
1: inward. I wouldn't share it because I felt ashamed, because I was perceived as a strong, capable woman. Yet, if I, if you had seen me in the states, I was, I was misaligned. I couldn't. I was limping. I couldn't walk for long. I was stressed. I was absolutely Mm. fearful. Uh, And the problem is because acute injury that that's where you've had an accident fracture everybody yeah. understands that and then when it's chronic pain yeah it's all in your. people said to me oh it's all in your head and it is in your head but it's the brain generating the pain they don't yeah. understand that the neural pathways
0: are creating that problem yeah yeah and, and this is all in your head it's like a get out clause to go well because it's in your head like well, it's a way of gaslighting people, isn't it? It's all in your head. Therefore, you need to sort it out. Not, oh wow. So it, it looks like you, you, your brain, like, like your brain and your nervous system are not working with you. How what can we do to support you? How can we, how can I, and I guess this is what you do as a coach, how can I support you to understand what's going on in your brain and your nervous system? So you're able to. Move forward rather than just going. Oh, it's all in your brain because that's just not helpful.
1: Now, the, and the interesting thing is, like medical professionals, and not least respect because they're medical professional, they see it from one angle. Yeah, and that's not across the board. I hope and I pray that all GPs or medical professionals get coached because the language we use on patients is it's so important. When people tell me you need surgery or go to A and E if you can't feel your bladder movements, I mean, can you imagine thinking, am I feeling my blood? Can I go for a week? Can I not? Mm-hmm. I was on tent to hooks. had they had said, don't worry about it, it's okay. we don't usually see many cases. it's the language that can give reassurance to somebody because mm-hmm. to every individual is different in how they relay that information. And that's what I think the language is so important that, you know, like a lot of medical professionals, and I and I see this even with my client's case. She'd exhausted the medical system; they didn't know what's wrong. Mm. So, and so, where do you go then? Where do you get signposted?
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's it's like the medical system is great for for many things, but sometimes there are alternatives that you need to look at and understand
1: completely. And I think now, I mean, they've got you know, the NHS are doing a big thing with the primary care network. And I think it's really important that there are, you know, coaches who have trained, they have been accredited as well, because I believe, you know, there's different professionals, counsellors can help on the mental health and you need coaches to help with the motivational of the low risk patients where they're medically cleared and it is something to do with pain or anxiety or something where you go, a coach can really help with that and can add value because that's what it brings, adding value and allowing that client to not feel stupid. Because my client yesterday was like, this is a stupid thought. This is what I'm thinking. I said, stop. Why are you saying stupid? Mm. You know, nothing stupid. And it's about really listening to what's going on with them and really supporting them to say, you're doing amazing the way the hard work you're putting in. the motivation and to really make a difference to yourself and I think we've got to you know start looking at that kind of um, way of uh, dealing with coaching with a patient who wants further help in an alternative way so that's what I think coaching is so it made a difference in my life and I and I've had you know numerous sessions of coaching for years being a coach and I know how much it makes a difference Mm -hmm. you know how much it makes a difference yeah yeah I find it very um, inspiring that I am able to give back now from, and I I always say this, that pain was my gift. If I didn't have the pain, I don't think I'd, I'd actually really be able to step in somebody else. I would be able to step into their shoes, but not understanding on the level of, you know, that deep emotion and knowing that there are so many different emotions you feel Mm. frustration, anger, anxiety, stress, But that's just a few of them, because, as I said, they're so multifaceted. It is complex and it's not one size fits all.
0: That's a great place to kind of bring everything together. It's not one size fits all. And understanding that what you're feeling is valid, but having somebody to support you who sees that it's not just one size is incredibly powerful, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I really, truly believe that.
0: So, there may be people who are listening to this who are either suffering from chronic pain themselves or have a friend or relative. How can people find out a bit more about you and what you do?
1: So, I do have a website. It's mapcoach.map, that's mind action progress coach.co.uk. I'm also on LinkedIn as Narinda Sheena, Facebook, and Instagram. So, those are links on my website if they want to get in contact and know more. And really, even if they need support, just signposting and need some yeah, additional support on there to
0: help out. Amazing. And we will put all of those in the show notes as well. Narinda, thank you so much. It has been really incredible to hear about your journey and also about how you now support people too
1: thank you very much Ruth for having me thank you
0: chronic pain is not a one-size-fits-all so if you are experiencing chronic pain this is your invitation to explore different professionals to have a look at potentially working with a coach or a therapist because there is that element of psychology and what's going on in our brain and our nervous system. And as I said to Narinda, we can often have this discounted or we can discount what is going on, but it's very real when we're experiencing chronic pain or whatever it may be. Our brain is there to keep us safe. Our brain sees that threat and reacts in an appropriate way or a way that it deems to be appropriate, it might not always be useful. So I hope you found this podcast episode as useful and thought provoking as I did interviewing Narinda. I hope that you've got some practical things that you can take away so that you can feel better. If you have enjoyed this episode or if you've got any feedback at all for me, Hop on over to Insta, find me at Ruth Kidsey and drop me a message. I will be delighted to talk to you. Take care.